Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome and thanks for listening. Our next segment of the show is brought to you by Olive Crest and features Sanford Coggins, who's visiting us from Vision Wide Capital. And we're going to talk about how to invest in commercial real estate debt-free. Um, before we get into that, I'll just welcome you to the show, Sanford. Great. Thank you very much. Bill. Nice glad to have you. you. Yeah, I'm glad glad we could get together. And before we get into the, the topic of how to invest in commercial real estate debt-free, I am just... Uh, uh, really excited to hear about that. But before we get into that, we always like to ask our guests about their backgrounds and how you got into this particular line of work. So share with us about a little bit about yourself, Sanford. Sure. You know, first thing, most important thing is I'm married to a beautiful woman, Robin, for 28 years. We just celebrated our anniversary there. Congratulations. And, uh, thank you very much. We have three adult children and we're transitioning from being policemen to counselors in that role. <laughs> yeah. um, but I uh, started off in the banking business after school, graduating from the University of Texas. And uh, from banking, then went into the commercial real estate space and as a commercial real estate broker in Newport Beach. And that followed by a 16-year run at Merrill Lynch, where I gained a lot of wealth management practice, built a team, had uh, a little over $100 million of assets under management. And it came to the point where I decided that I wanted to teach my kids what a real uh, free market economy was about. So I spun off and started my own wealth management firm. Mm -hmm. uh, so that lasted for about six and a half years or so. And I ultimately uh, was able to sell that company and, and did really well for the clients and myself. Uh, and started VisionWise Capital about three years ago. Now, VisionWise is a—it's a great name. First of all, it, it really conjures up an image. Uh, uh, what's behind the name? That's a great question. Vision obviously is something that I just believe strongly, and you have to have vision, or you just frankly just run out of places to go, and you don't end up where you want to be. And I feel that most of my clients appreciated the fact that I brought the questions to them that allowed them to discover what their vision was, and uh, it gave us something more than just money to pursue. And wisdom, of course, is what puts the application to the knowledge that gets you there. And so the two combined uh, just seem to be a very practical combination of words. Perfect. Now, VisionWise has a specific niche, correct? That's correct, yeah. We're, uh, we're acquiring commercial real estate. That's not uncommon. We're using the same product that everyone uses to buy in terms of commercial real estate. Uh, but what we're doing is we're focusing on the wealth management marketplace, meaning that those that do not have access to commercial real estate in any real direct way for their clients. Uh, they are looking for opportunities like what we're providing them to give their clients direct access with the full tax benefit pass-throughs that they'd get if they were owning the property directly themselves. So as opposed to, say, buying in a fund of, of real estate, a packaged fund like a REIT or something along those lines, and we've talked about this a lot. I've been to some of your workshops. It's really enlightening uh, for our listeners out there. I mean, you talk about that things that are packaged already don't have they have a lot of built-in fees and expenses and, and you don't have the same choice and control that you have by working with someone like yourself who can go and say hey here's the property it's right here you want to look through it 
That's right. Through it, right. That's right. And uh, the thing that I really found most challenging as a wealth manager is trying to find an opportunity where I wasn't investing clients' money into a blind pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what you're doing there is you're putting money into a pool, and then the manager goes out and starts buying things with your money. But you have no real say-so and no real opportunity to transparently look at what you're buying in advance. So we've changed that. We've made single-purpose LLCs that allow the investor to actually look at the deal, go out and drive the property, and sit at the restaurant and have a cup of coffee if they want to and kind of kick the tires, mm-hmm. look at the financials before they even make the investment. And uh, in addition to that, it's not a common share where it's REITs are, where you're not actually buying the real estate, you're buying a company that owns the real estate. So in so doing, you're getting ordinary income taxes as opposed to, again, pass-through depreciation and interest expense that, that benefits you on the tax side. Now, who would a uh, model customer be for this type of a situation? Who, who, who you know, what size and, and all that kind of thing? Our, our clients are accredited investors, and okay. by law, that just simply means they have a million dollars of assets that they have outside of their primary residence uh, to invest. Uh, our minimums are generally $100,000. In this fund, we're reducing that to 25000 And the, the idea being that uh, they don't have very many places to go unless they have the acumen to buy the shopping center themselves. They need to go through a broker or someone else or b- build a team, and we sure. built that for them. That's great. And so uh, you do the vetting. You you do, you know, you're obviously looking at a lot of properties probably continuously. You build, the, you build the company that's going to own the property and then you go out and find the investors and then and then close the deal. And then do you have an intention of holding for a certain duration or a certain period of time or is this a... Uh, indefinite hold kind of a situation. Every deal is different. Uh, there are some that we can get to an optimized return opportunity in two years or three. Others may be five to seven. Uh, on some rare occasions, there's something called mailbox income that's attracted to uh, a lot of family offices. And in those cases, it's a legacy property. We may not sell it. It's right on State Street in Santa Barbara. Or it's in La Jolla. It's uh, something that is irreplaceable. We may hold on to that for some time. The key thing is to make sure that we have an exit strategy before we go into the deal, and everyone's fully aware of what that exit strategy is. Okay, so that's built right into the uh, prospectus or the the opera mem- memorandum. Absolutely, and in our target audience, by the way, to expand on that just for a moment. Mm-hmm. It's the wealth advisor that really is our target audience. Ah, That's who we want to be involved in in the deal. Because if they understand it, they can communicate that to their clients much more effectively than anyone else. Because they'll put it in the context of their whole asset allocation modeling process. And that makes the client have two fiduciaries now. One being us as a steward of capital, but also their wealth advisor watching over their assets as well. All right. So, so if someone out there is saying, boy, that sounds interesting to me, they should talk to their wealth advisor or, or find someone that, that deals with that type of a thing who would then come to you so that that gives you a, that gives them a layer of security if someone else eyes on, on the deal. Now, you've been a wealth advisor for almost 30 years, and how does your background benefit the investor most and their advisors? Yeah, the uniqueness, Bill, that I bring is that very few professionals have had both a real estate background and a wealth management background. You Mm -hmm. have uh, two very different camps of asset classes. And what I bring is the opportunity for the wealth advisor to hear and familiarize themselves with a real estate deal with the terms they understand. I can speak to modern portfolio theory. I understand postmodern portfolio theory at alpha and beta, and I understand standard deviation. If they're talking to a real estate operator, they're just going to get things like cost per square foot and cap rates, and they're not going to fully understand what they're speaking to. I can do both. So I'm able to, from a compliance standpoint, speak to the heartbeat of what what frightens them the most, and that is not being truly... uh, 
uh, intelligent about the things that they're bringing to their client, that gets dismissed. I can familiarize them quite easily. Yeah, and of course, a lot of people are in the position right now where they're looking for income plays. They're looking for income strategies, and there's just not that much out there when you look at traditional fields of, say, bonds and or money markets. There's no income. And uh, the outlook is bleak for some of those because as interest rates go up, it'll, it'll have a, a negative impact on the values of some of those. So you're, it helps you to position this with the advisors, I would imagine, and, and help them explain a little bit more. And I've been to, like I said, I've been to one of your workshops and you do a really good job with explaining in layman's terms to the potential investor or the advisors what this is all about. Yeah, absolutely. And that's both on product one and two. As you know, product one is we're buying individual properties and in either apartments or retail or multi-tenant industrial properties. Product number two, however, what we're going to maybe talk about today a little bit is a debt replacement fund. Now, that is ecstatic because uh, it doesn't exist outside of what I've seen us put together. And that is, you know, the perspective is that in the last seven or eight years, had we not had bank debt, the presumption is we would not have had a recession and certainly not as deep of one. Uh, how if you had private investors that were able to actually replace the bank in the tranche of capital used to buy a real estate property? And if you did that, how if they were able to receive a return that was 2x the U.S. Treasury note, but at the same time have the tax benefits of fully owning the real estate and the security of being the priority interest in the real estate so they're like the bank, they're protected from anything going south on them? Uh, that's what we're building, and that's what is up and running that uh, I think is going to change the way commercial real estate is even delivered to wealth managers. Yeah, and the concept of debt-free real estate investing is, uh, you know, sounds right, but it seems very contrary to what we typically hear out there. So how did you come up with that concept in the first place? That's a great question. I think it was the, uh, the going through the process of getting a CMBS loan on one of our products and the pain of going through that banking process, uh, that probably got the ball rolling. But then just to consider the Dodd-Frank bill and the Jobs Act coming out now saying that essentially the banks are an extension of the federal government, I looked at that and said, that's probably not what we want to do ever again. So we created this because we're using that strategy. And I found a way to actually tool it such that the owner still gets the leverage that they want from the debt. But the debt owner of the, the product uh, on that secondary tranche gets that priority interest, that security, that mailbox income that they want as well. Uh, it sounds very interesting. Um, what's, your, what's your vision? We're going to get into that strategy in a second. What's your vision for Vision Wise right now? Uh, as I said, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited about how we're doing things differently. I believe that what VisionWise is able to do and what we've demonstrated so far with two independent broker-dealers so far is get on the platform of these wealth managers in such a way that we become a product selection side-by-side -side with the public reads. And I think that uh, we're batting a 1,000 right now, in fact, with being able to present our structure and our approach relative to what they have available to them now. It's incomparable, the benefit to the investor when you take away a third or half of the fees that the REITs charge, and when you make them fully transparent and disclose the back end as being just a simple split in, in, in the opportunity as opposed to disposition fees and such on the back end as well, it's incomparable that we're, uh, we're gaining a lot of momentum and, again, a lot of confidence in what we're doing. Great stuff. We're talking with Sanford Coggins of VisionWise Capital, and we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about this concept of the debt replacement fund and the benefits to investors and uh, share some tips and ideas and precautions for our listeners. So please stay tuned. Mm -hmm. 
Business succession and exit planning is hard, and everyone says you should start early. But where can you hear a lot of ideas from a lot of professionals so you can decide what's best for you? At ExitCoachRadio.com, we're interviewing over 150 advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Olive Crest is a local nonprofit organization dedicated to preventing child abuse, treating and educating at-risk children, and preserving the family one life at a time. For 40 years, Olive Crest has provided safe, loving homes to at-risk youth throughout Southern California, Nevada, and the Pacific Northwest. There are many ways you can help, including volunteering or becoming a foster parent. Go to www.olivecrest.org or call 1-800-550-CHILD to learn more. That's 1-800-550-CHILD. Call today. Welcome back, friends. Just a reminder that we've interviewed dozens of advisors on a wide variety of topics, and you'll find all of their interviews and highlights online at exacoachradio.com or on iTunes at itunes.exacoachradio.com. And I'm having, a, I'm having a very interesting interview with Sanford Coggins, who's here from VisionWise Capital. And before the break, Sanford, we talked about the concept of a debt replacement fund. So if you would, just for our listeners, can you reiterate what is that? How does it work? Just give us a, a minute or two more on that. Certainly, Bill. Thank you. Um, the debt replacement fund is, is uh, born from a desire just to eliminate banks from the acquisition of commercial real estate. I'm finding that uh, most business owners, most, most property owners would be delighted not to have the bank in their back pocket uh, with debt coverage ratios and loan covenants and some, such a demand that's not real estate related coming at them. The debt replacement fund is quite simple. We have private capital that is going to be replacing the bank in that tranche of capital needed to buy a building. So whether it be a 65 or 70% loan, uh, we will replace that with with uh, capital that doesn't have a loan covenant, that doesn't have debt coverage ratios, that doesn't have the restrictions, and doesn't create a capital call in a down market, but instead just simply has a priority interest in the asset, has a very uh, simple fixed rate return coming back at them at 6% or 5.5%. It's mailbox income to the investor. It's tax de- uh, deductible to the investor. And at the same time, what we're offering the owner of the property is no capital call and no foreclosure risk. For that, we're getting a 5 to 10% upside in the sale of the, bu- of the building. So now you have a, a, a group of investors in the fund that are getting a 6% cash-on-cash return that's again, tax advantaged, but at the very same time when the building sells, getting a little bit of upside on the equity as well. Unheard of for a bond-type investment, and these would be bond-type investors. So contrary to some of the other fund and situations out there where they leverage it heavily, you're taking away that leverage, which takes away the risk of, again, the call on the loan, and you get more upside because you're get experiencing the full upside now of the position. Sounds great. So, uh, Tell us, if you would, a, a success story about an investor that you've worked with. Uh, you know, what was their situation before, and, and how was it when they worked with you? That's uh, funny. We had one gentleman I'll never forget. His, he and his assistant uh, came to one of our lunch and learns, and just in all the demonstration and all the diagramming, could not get his head around this one investment. He liked the concept, but couldn't understand it. Mm-hmm. He just hadn't been in the real estate space long enough, and uh, he happened to have a business trip in Sacramento, and told me about it. I invited him. He stay uh, or take a tour, at least, of one of our properties up there, and he did. Uh, and afterwards, he invited himself to stay. He asked if he could maybe stay the night in one of the units. Uh, so mm. we made arrangements for that. 
Um, he spent the night, came back the next day and said, do you mind if I stay another night? Wow. Well, we had a, our doorman meet him and come to find out a couple of guests of his that spent the evening with him uh, at our lofts project in Sacramento, the lofts on L Street. And he enjoyed it greatly, came back and now as an investor in that property because of the customer service we were able to provide him with our regional manager meeting with him, our doorman meeting him at the door. It was quite an experience for him. That's fantastic. How many people get to actually try before they buy like that? <laughs> That's what we want to offer. Every investor needs to understand the deal before they make the investment. Yeah, yeah. And it's really experience what it's like to be in that building and to be... Uh, the surroundings and all that. So that's fantastic. Um, do you have any other any other stories for us? Yeah, just recently had a husband and wife team that had been looking for a 1031 exchange for nearly a year and holding up their escrow closing to wait for that. Um, and talking with them, they were so excited that they actually canceled the 1031, sold the property outright and paid the taxes so that they could be involved in this most recent apartment building that we purchased. Um, once again, once you understand the concept, you realize that you can be a direct owner with benefits of a direct ownership without fixing toilets and having a property management responsibility or liability. Well, and for most people, that's just out of reach because owning owning a commercial building of any type is a huge investment. You have a lot of leverage a lot of times when you get involved with it, and this gives them the opportunity to be direct participants. So that's, that's a great service that you bring right. uh, to the individuals. Uh, now, if someone's uh, thinking about this, Sanford, what's, what are some tips, ideas, or precautions you might share with them before they, they jump in? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, Bill, has to do with the concept and maybe even the misnomer of liquidity. When I'm talking to the wealth manager and the private investor, they're used to stocks and bond portfolios. And they're used to being able, within a three-day period, sell everything in the portfolio if they choose to. And I believe, like Warren Buffett says, that illiquidity is actually a friend, because if you have too much liquidity, it prompts people to get on an 800 phone number and just call in at the worst of times and liquidate a portfolio at a downturn. And advisors find that they may buffer that to some degree, but not entirely. And my perspective is, let the advisors be advisors and recognize that they may need for their clients 60 or 70% of the portfolio liquid in the event of a worst case scenario. They don't need 100% liquid. That last 10 or 15 or 30% of their portfolio needs to be in higher performing investments, which are generally illiquid investments. So I think the biggest tip is when you're going into an inflationary environment like we're, step like we're stepping into, you don't want to own bonds because bonds get hammered with inflation rising. Mm -hmm. And stocks don't do well if you have more than a 3% increase in inflation. So the real estate opportunities are enormous right now to take that as a, as a, a windfall. And uh, I just hate people not to be able to engage in because of unfamiliarity. That's why we teach it. You know, you make a lot of sense when you say, you know, how can the fund manager or the manager of, of the assets do their job if they know that it, when things hit an ill wind, then the investors are going to call everything back out. It's very difficult. And we've seen a lot of mutual funds and things like that really have a stumbling block when that occurs. So that's in fact why if you do any research at all, you'll find the University of Minnesota and Michigan have both come out with reports showing that the investment and the investor have very different return scenarios over any 10 year period of time. The investment nearly always does better than the investor because of just that same fact, that longevity of hold. And if you have a if you're working with a financial advisor and you should be if you're considering something like this, they're going to be able to tell you, hey, you're going to be OK if you have enough liquid over here, you know, but this investment is going to be one that you want to buy and hold and, and hold it for the duration of the, uh, the the situation that we're, you know, you're buying for. You might be buying it for five years, 10 years, 20. Who knows? It could be a long term hold. 
And, and one of the main characteristics of our firm is we have literally over 30 years of experience in operating real estate as well. $350 million in assets currently being managed, 55 properties. We all own and operate all 55. So there's a, a significant amount of experience in managing the asset, but there's also the stewardship of capital piece that I bring as a fiduciary for the money as well. Excellent. Sanford, how do our listeners get in touch with you? Uh, what's the best way? Sure. We're located on uh, our website. Obviously, you can go to at visionwisecapital.com. Uh, our phone number is 949-441-5580. I have an executive sales assistant, Julie, that's phenomenal. and will be able to get you some information if you call that number. Should I say it again? It's sure. 949-441-5580. 5580. We'd be delighted to hear from you also by email. My first name is Sanford, S-A-N-F-O-R-D. And you can reach me there at Sanford at visionwisecapital.com. And of course, you know, I'd love to have you back sometime, Sanford, because this is a great scratching the surface in this type of a thing. But there's some technicalities here and we have technical interviews that will we'll have you back sometime and talk more about what's really inside of these types of investments and why should people consider these as opposed to REITs, and, and you, you do a great job with that. So thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much. I've been talking with Sanford Coggins of VisionWise Capital. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back, so please stay tuned. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners where we're interviewing over 250 top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 